Hey loves, I'm Marley List and welcome to the Sensual Revolution. This is a global movement to reclaim sensual empowerment on an embodied and systemic level. My personal path of sensuality has not been easy. Shame around my body image, sexual abuse, my queerness had me dissociated and numbed the heck out. It's been a big journey to get to where I am today, but I really have turned my pain to purpose. Along the way, I've learned our personal healing makes epic waves in this world. This podcast is here to remind you that your healing is selfless. When you learn to shed shame, love your body, and claim your worth, you pave the way for all people to do the same. You can expect to hear from sexual educators and healers who work at the personal level of sensual empowerment, as well as policymakers and justice leaders who work at the systemic level. It's all connected. So whether you're at the very beginning of your own sensual healing journey, or you're a sex positive advocate and superstar, this community welcomes you. So let's come together and revolutionize this planet one loving, sensual step at a time. Welcome to another episode of the Sensual Revolution Podcast. I'm so excited because today we have our first guest ever, and this is oof, such an epic woman. Laura DiCarlo is a trailblazer for so many different freaking reasons. She founded her namesake brand in 2017 with a mission to create a more sexually equitable world. Prior to launching, the brand broke ground at consumer, I forget what this stands for, CES. Consumer at the Consumer Electronics Show with its flagship product, Osei, which won a coveted innovation award. Quickly rescinded, we're gonna hear more about that today, like they took her her award away for totally like, discrimination, gender-based reasons. I was freaking shocked, but also sadly not shocked. So as we're gonna learn from Laura today, there is so much inequity in the world of technology and sexual wellness. So after they took her award away, the CTA cited the product as obscene. So at that point, Laura quickly became a vocal advocate for sexual wellness brands, stressing the importance of inclusion in the broader wellness category. Continuing to garner accolades, the brand has seen explosive growth with over 10 patents pending for its award-winning technology. In addition to becoming a leader in wellness tech, Laura is building a team rooted in her founding principles of respect, empowerment, and integrity. And let me just tell you the conversation that we have in this episode, next level, chef's kiss. It is so good. You're gonna learn about queer-owned business empowerment, about how Laura teamed up with Cara Delevingne, the international fashion icon, queer model, to co-own this company together and how they're making huge waves in this industry to make sure that there is gender equity, that there's inclusive pleasure access for all bodies, for people from all walks of life. And Laura also gets really personal about her own journey with sexual shame and imposter syndrome and how she's constantly overcoming that in order to share a message with the world that is so needed. And I'm gonna drop my link in the show notes to shop Laura DiCarlo. As you'll hear, these products are next 
level. I own the Ose2 and Drift. And honestly, like this is some serious magic. I hope that you leave this conversation feeling as inspired as I did to take on the world, share our voice, fight for justice in a way that fuels pleasure. So let's dive into the show and here we go. So excited to be here today with the Laura DiCarlo. Laura is such an inspiration of mine. I literally listened to a podcast that you did the other day and I was like crying and clapping and like getting so fired up. So I'm just honored to talk to you today and to share your brilliance with this community. How are you today? I'm super stoked. Um, I love what you're doing with this podcast. This is going to be super fun and it's really good to see you again. And also if Enzo down here has any commentary, um, <laughs> he might weigh in occasionally. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Our first, this interview is with Laura and Enzo the dog. So that's perfect. So let's just dive in. I'd love for you to tell us more about your amazing self and your amazing company. Um, I mean, me, I, I, I don't know. Like, so, no, I don't think anybody's ever asked me like, Hey, tell me about yourself. I and mean, everybody wants to know about the company. I'm like, that's an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I mean, the company we founded, I founded the company in 2017. It was, um, it was after I had this like mind bending orgasm when I was about 28 or 29 years old with a partner. And it was, I mean, I literally, I, I felt like I was having a seizure and I just like vibrated right off the side of the bed. And um, I remember hitting the floor and I remember very vividly because the, the tile was really cold and my leg was still like one leg was still like hitched up on top of the bed. And I'm just laying there like in a drooling stupor staring at the ceiling thinking, oh my God, how do I do that again? And I, I was like, how do you do it? Like, how do I do that again by myself? Cause it was so, it was really powerful. Um, and I wanted to harness that power for myself. So long story short, I went on this like wild ride of like asking people about their personal anatomy. Um, how do I get to a design? Cause there's no design that, that actually exists um that creates uh that can recreate an experience like this there was no medical data anywhere that could actually help create that design none of the uh, products I was using were actually physiologically informed um and so what I had experienced was a um a uh uh, a blended orgasm if you will and you get this really insane full body um experience not even just an order, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to recreate that. And I like, as an entrepreneur, like looking back on it, um, I remember just, I remember explaining, like, actually I was on a rant. I was on this rant about like the lack of technology and lack of like, uh, like physiological um, data that was being utilized for these products that are being put inside your body. And I was so, I was agitated. I was so agitated. And I remember a couple of my friends who were actually exited entrepreneurs, both looking at me like, well, you should do this. And I was like, do what? And they're like, you, you should start your own business. Sounds like you have an idea for an invention. And I was like, I'm not a businesswoman. I don't know the first thing about any of that. That sounds kind of terrifying actually. And I'm not an inventor. 
but if I was, Mm -hmm. this is what I would do. And this is how I would solve this problem. And they kind of looked at me like, like I just, I don't know, burped up glitter or something. And I was like, (laughs) what? And they were like, if you do that, we will help mentor you and help you figure out how to get a seed funding round going. And I was like, again, that sounds terrifying. I'll pass. And it took, and I knew in the back of my mind, like, I should do this. This is an opportunity, not just for me as an individual and an entrepreneur and something that could change my life, but could change a lot of people's lives. And fast forward today, we have changed a lot of lives, which we'll get to that in a second. Um, And I remember thinking how scared I was and how much I felt like I was not worthy and I was not the person to do this. I was not, I didn't know anything about building a company. I didn't know anything about, about leading, about like the paperwork involved. Dear God, the paperwork. <laughs> um, and, and just all of the tiny minutia that, that needed to be done in order to start a business, um, let alone like a business with a real mission, with, with purpose. And I remember one of these people actually had asked me for a pitch deck and I just looked at them like cross-eyed, like what's a pitch deck? And so I, in a huff, there was this, happened to be this whiteboard that I'd been like, like I'd been trying to figure shit out. And I grabbed this whiteboard and I prop it up on a chair up against the wall. And I start drawing what the female physiology erogenous zones look like from person to person. Because like I said, over the years, um, after I had this initial experience, I started asking people what, like for their actual data. And when I was doing this, I discovered three things about like, like talking and nearly, talking to nearly 200 individuals. Um, The first was that they felt super awkward and then they were really intrigued. The second was they didn't know nearly enough about their own physiology and had to be taught, which just blows my mind um, that you don't know enough about your own body. And we don't generally in general, we just don't, we don't, we don't get it in sex education. And then three, I realized there really was a problem. There was a problem that needed solving. Every single one of them was like, oh my gosh, why are you doing this? When I told them it's because I want to create a product that creates this blended orgasm experience. They're like, put me on the waiting list. Where is it? When can I have it? And I was like, I don't know. Um, And then I start talking about probably the most important piece, which is I start talking about the mission and the vision, Mm -hmm. which is how a product as innocuous as a well-designed tool for sexual exploration could actually change the narrative around how we talk about sex, masturbation, and identity in society. Mm -hmm. And I'm in this big huff still. And I look up and the person that I'm, I'm quote unquote presenting to um, has this kind of half cocked shit eating grin. And I was like, why are you smiling like that? Um, <laughs> and they just kind of look at me and they go, because that's a pitch deck. And I went, oh shit. Well, I guess, I guess we're starting a company. And I founded the company two weeks later and um, with help. I've had a lot of help along the way. A lot of people look at like me and they see like, because I am the brand. I mean, the, the, the name of the company is Lord Carlo. It is my idea. It's my baby, but it's also not just by me for me. It's, it's by an incredible team that I have learned to trust and love for 
every kind of human imaginable. Anybody that we can we can put on that list, any data that we can gather. Um, so it's grown from this one product, single company, to in the first 12 months, we launched our first product, Ose, which is that blended orgasm experience machine. Okay, um, good. <laughs> Not using any vibration, but actually utilizing robotics. There are so many things in what you just shared that are inspiring as fuck. And I want us to just like take stock of that for a moment. Um, I mean, the fact that you've overcome so much shame in your own world to be able to get on an interview and say, the G-spot, the erogenous zones, all these things without an ounce of like, is this weird? Without an ounce of it, it's such a gorgeous reflection of the deconditioning you've done and the deconditioning you've brought into this whole company, which I would call a movement. Like yeah. you're, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I think a lot of the time people see sex toys and they're like, oh, that's fun. And it is, it is, right. it is fun. It is fun. They're like, that's fun. Oh my gosh. And they don't realize like the root of it. And I, this is part of why I was like, who is a dream person I want in the first few episodes of this podcast. And it was totally you because you do that so much. You're celebrating the joy and beauty of pleasure and how fun and empowering and bright and vibrant our orgasm should be getting to the root exactly so I want to hear more about whatever you're comfortable sharing about your own journey with like what were you taught about sexuality and how did you get to this place where you're like talking about the g spot and pitching things about Ah. with without any like is this okay um, I, yeah. So I, for some reason, I've just never really had a ton of shame around it. Um, my, yeah, it's, 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 I think I did for a little while, like when I was in high school, because, um, everybody had shame around it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. They wanted to whisper about it, but nobody wanted to talk about it. Um, but like, I grew up with a mom who, I mean, she, she gave us something from nothing. Um, We were really poor growing up. Um, My parents split up when I was really young. And, um, and she was, and is my best friend. And I remember her uh, telling me, and this isn't necessarily sexual, but it'll give me an idea of like what our relationship was like and what, like the kind of openness that we had. And I'm really fortunate for that. Um, Because my mom went through some trials and tribulations as well. Like my mom, like just got her ass handed to her through my parents' divorce and she went through like her own um addictions and issues and everything um which is something I think we also like we bury constantly and like you know I think it actually created a, a, a more introspective stronger and beautiful person out of my mother and it, it enabled me to have a really incredible relationship with her growing up um to the point that you know, when I was in fourth grade, I got into honors choir and I was so excited. And I was like, I like, and my mom, I get home with this little sheet, this little, you know, fact sheet. And it says all the boys must wear slacks. All the girls must wear knee length black skirts. And my mom went, oh, they're telling you, you have to wear a skirt. And I was like, mom please don't say anything don't make a big deal out of this I don't want to like don't rock the boat and she's like I'm gonna tell you about a time I burned my bra kiddo and I was like um mom so 
she actually had that turned around so that the girls could wear slacks also. Um, I don't know if we actually were, uh, were, um, uh, uh, progressive enough at the time to also write that boys could wear skirts. I mean, and now that I think about that, we probably, probably should. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to like, I'm in high school and my mom was like, Hey, I know that kids your age go and do stupid stuff. So here's the thing. Tell me if you're going to do something stupid, I'm never going to be mad at you. Tell me where you're going. Tell me who you're with. Tell me what you're doing. And um, I'm never going to be mad at you. I just want to know where you are so that I can make sure that you're safe and that I can come get you if something goes wrong. And I didn't think about, much, think about it much at the time. But what I realized was that she was actually giving me permission to do a lot of things that you give adults permission to do, and including sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she knew that if she told me no, like all the other kids that I went to school with, they would go and do it and they would hide it. Um, so ironically, what ended up happening is that I didn't drink, I didn't have sex, um, and I told my mom everything. And we had this incredible relationship that was very open about sexuality. I told her like my reservations about when I was ready, um, who I wanted to do it with, what I was, what I was scared about, what I was curious about, all of these things. And we shared so much Mm -hmm. and, and it created this very open approach for me, um, as a young person to sexuality, to, um, to a lot of things. And then fast forward. And then by the time I got out of high school, I went nuts. I was a total slut. Yeah. <laughs> um, it totally cracks me up because I, I remember like at one point, like somebody actually calling me a slut because I was like, dude, I'm single. I can do whatever I want. Like big deal. Like I slept with that guy and then I told him to get out. Big deal. Um, I, I made out with that girl because I think she's freaking hot. And like we hung out for a week. What's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And I remember getting chastised and, and, and getting shamed about it. And I was just like, why is this a big deal? And then I went into the Navy Hmm. and, and the things that I was like, I kind of shrugged off before were just so blatant and bare right in my face Mm -hmm. now, because everything is, is so, if you are a woman, you can do this or that, but it's not the same thing as if you're a man, period, end of story. And I found this out one evening when um, our, I went to Norwich University on a full ride scholarship. After I finished high school and I go to junior college for a couple of years, I realized like, you know, I wanted to be a nurse in the Navy. So I actually went and I applied um, for to be an uh, enlisted person as a hospital corpsman. And they told me I went through the whole process and they told me at the end of the day, we're sorry, you scored too high. And we gave you a whole bunch of like, they gave me a whole bunch of mathematical and mechanical engineering tests. And I was like, why am I doing that? I want to be a nurse. And they told me at the end of the day, you don't get that job. The only job we're going to offer you is to become a uh, uh, Navy nuke, a nuclear engineer. And I was like, I don't want to do that though. I was like 21 and I was like, I want to be a nurse. So my dumb ass (laughs) went home and was like, I'm going to show you, tell me what I can and can't do. So I went and I actually got a full ride scholarship in like five months go to like one of the top universities, uh, military universities in the country and find myself sitting in a room full of females. And our staff sergeant has told all of the women on our deck to all sit in the same room from our entire company, actually, because we were in um, like an army regiment. 
Um, and we're sitting in, all of us are sitting in one bunk, like in, and um, we're like, okay, what the hell did we do? We're in trouble, right? And they're, they tell us, well, you can be at ease. We just need to talk to you about something. It's a, it's a decision you have to make about your career. And we're like, do we have career counselors for that? And, and they go, this is something that only women have to deal with. Um, and you have a choice to make about your career in the military. You're either going to be one of two, either a bitch or a slut. What? Oh and my gosh. You got to pick one before you leave this room. And if you pick the latter, the hell out of my military. And they explained to us why. Because if you go on a date with someone, mm-hmm. if you sleep with someone, if you kiss someone, then you're a slut. Period. End of story. Once, once or 20 times, doesn't matter. Do it once, you're a slut. If you say no one time, you will be labeled as a bitch. Oh my gosh. And, and they said, be a bitch because we don't want sluts in our, in our military. And, and we just kind of looked at each other like, okay. And I'm thinking, this is fucked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, you know, the guy and the guys that were in, in my company, my, my work brothers were amazing. And I don't think they would ever think that, but in the general scheme of things, yeah, that's the case. When you get out there in the world, you sleep with one person, they're going to call you a slut. Mm-hmm. Or even if you go on a date with them, they're going to tell somebody that you slept with them and that you're a slut. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, it was too, it was too much, too much at risk to take the gamble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, fast forward again, I find myself out of the Navy, I actually left on an honorable discharge to go home and take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, by the time I was in my, my late twenties, I was, I was being a slut all over the place. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep with whoever I want. I was dating couples. I was dating women. I was dating men, um, doing all sorts of experimental fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And I find myself having this crazy blended orgasm. And then thinking back to all the times when I was intentionally shamed by others for just wanting to explore and understand what it is that I like and what are the things I enjoy, the pleasures that I enjoy, the sensations that I enjoy. And then not really having, not actually feeling ashamed, Mm -hmm. but having people shame me. And then subsequently having conversations with other humans about how they did feel ashamed and how they felt dirty for having any kind of fantasies or explorations or uh, encounters um, and thinking, how do you erase that kind of shame? Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you address that kind of stigma? Education, the answer is education. The answer is self-exploration and education. The more you know about your own body and the more you understand your own body, the more you are willing and able to not only accept yourself, but accept others and their personal journey and stop shaming other people as well. We personally, I, I personally believe that sexual exploration is directly tied to how we identify in the world. Um, and 
whether that means from a gender or a sexual standpoint, I personally identify as pansexual. Um, I like bi for a very long time and then realized, I guess actually I'm really attracted to, like, it does not matter to me. I'm attracted to individual humans and I'm like, damn, like, I don't care. And as long as that person is attractive. So the, my point is, is that if you are open to your own self-sexual exploration, that can directly uh, uh, tie back to your identity and how you show up in the world. And those that I have met in my life that are most comfortable in their identity, that are confident in their identity, have the same kind of confidence to show up in the world and do really fucking great things. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what this company is about, is we have grown from a one product company to within the first 12 months, we had 11 products, which is mind blowing. Um, and we went from $0 in revenue to seven and a half million in our first year. We are now in almost 500 retailers across the globe. We are in 37 countries with warehouses in Amsterdam, in Hong Kong and LA. And we've been kicking ass and taking names ever since. Yes. <laughs> so inspiring. Like so inspiring. so many of the things you're saying, I'm like, mic drop. The the airport lost my luggage yesterday, so I don't have my mic. But if I had my mic, I know I should get like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wrote down this quote that you said that I heard you say in an interview where you were like, we're not just here to make sex toys, we're here to change the game. And everything you say and your company posts and shows up as embodies that so much, so much. Something I'd, I'd love for you to share more about, like what have you experienced in terms of the, the inequity, the gender inequity in the world of like self-pleasure, not knowing about our anatomy and everything, like, like in what ways did you realize that was there? And also like, why do you think it's there? I think um, the biggest example of that is CES. I mean, that's that's the easiest like go-to, like that is it. Um, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about is right after, actually before we even launched the company. So let's let's go back, I'm bouncing all over the place, but we went to Oregon State University. We put together this really like um, uh, just, kind of kick-ass team of students, PhDs, and, um, and professors that are working on this sex tech product, um, which is just hilarious when you think about it, like coming out of a university. <laughs> so within about eight or nine months, we actually had a prototype, proof of concept, and we had filed for five patents. And we thought, well, we have like at least another year before we can get through the, the, the bridge to manufacturing phase and get through marketing and the launch. Um, so let's start getting some things ready. Let's start getting some strategy together on how we're going to launch this product. So we started applying for awards. And actually, we started off by just applying for one award. We applied for the award, which is the Honorary Innovation Award in Robotics at the Consumer Electronics Show for 2019. And this is, mind you, the biggest technology show in the world. 
It's an international show that attracts almost 200,000 people in person in Las Vegas, spread over acres and acres of, of show floor with almost 5,000 exhibitors and vendors. And we're like, well, let's start there, I guess. So we apply for this award and we're thinking, you know, we've got a mostly femme facing and queer engineering team and me. And we're like, well, I mean, they're probably not gonna give it to us, let's be honest, because uh, yeah, we're, we're this team, we're this tiny little team and we're making a sex toy essentially. And I hate calling it a toy, but like, that's what people think of it. Right. Um, so, uh, we apply and within weeks we get this notification that says, congratulations, you've won the honorary innovation award in robotics because this is an extremely innovative product. Um, and we, our jaws hit the floor. We were just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. my team freaked out. I freaked out. I realized if we're going to be there, then we need to be able to exhibit, which means I need to raise money, which also means that we need to hire a PR team, which also means, oh shoot, we don't have anybody in marketing. We should probably hire somebody in marketing also. So <laughs> that takes money. So I start apply, I start fundraising and I raise my next round, all contingent on the fact that we have this award coming and we have to be at the show. And then right around the time we start securing all of this, all of this funding, these new hires, this, um, all these teams, we, and we've applied to be an exhibitor on the show floor, the people that run the exhibit, uh, uh, exhibitors, um, they, they go, wait a second, this is, this is a sex toy. And we're like, yeah. Oh, well, you can't be here. Excuse me. Um, y'all gave us an honorary innovation award mm -hmm. we need to be there um what do we need to do and they're like well hold on a second and they literally just went dark on us for like three days wow. and, I was, and that's like a long ass time in like, yeah in corporate business talk it was a long ass time and and we're like what's going on and suddenly i get this call from my publicist while i'm in an engineering meeting and i have to and i'm like okay she never calls me um, without just like messaging me or, or scheduling. So this must be important. I, I stand up and I walk out of the conference room and I pick it up and she says, are you sitting down? And I was like, um, I am now. And she goes, Laura, they're going to take your award away. And I, I just literally like dropped, my heart dropped right through my stomach and I wanted to cry. And I just, I was like, why? And she told me, she read the, the letter to me and it said, this has spurned a bigger conversation among our administrators mm -hmm. and gone up through the chain of, of administrators, not the judges. And they're rescinding your award because it's sex tech. And I went, and I immediately just went, the, the, the fire got turned on and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And um, I, I went from being very sad to angry and then from angry to resolute. All right, what are we gonna do? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm also going, oh my God, what are we gonna do? Yeah. I'm, I'm terrified, I'm scared. I'm like, can we do anything? 
Is there anything we can do? Um, and so we put together this, this strategy to basically upend and expose the entire ordeal um, and an international campaign about gender bias in tech. So we wrote them a letter saying like, you know, imploring them to give us the award back, saying that this is a, this decision is capricious, it's arbitrary. Um, they had written to us citing that they believed that our product and or company was uh, immoral, obscene and profane. And we took issue with that. We pointed out that they had had booth babes for nearly 30 years that was extremely controversial around the way that they expose particularly women and women's bodies and sexualize them. Um, we pointed out that there had not been a single keynote speaker at, remember how big this show is, 200,000 attendees, 5,000 vendors, not one single keynote speaker in 2017 or 2018 that was female, not one. And they had sex tech at the show. They had VR porn for men. Oh. And I had a friend of mine that actually went to this VR porn booth and they were so excited to have a woman show up. They're like, oh, so great to see you. Do you want to see our, our, our women's version? And they're like, oh, wow. Uh, sure, I'll check that out. And you know what? She put that headset on and you know what she saw? What? Two women having sex. Oh my God. Of course. Of that's, course. That's what we all want. I mean, that's what some of us want, but I, I mean, mean that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but not from them. I know, right? Um, so so we put it all of this out and they're like, don't care. Don't come back ever. You're banned from the show. Like oh, literally, we had Oregon, we had Oregon State reach out to them, they ignored them. So we launched this international awareness campaign in tech and um, about gender bias in tech. And we launched the campaign the morning that the Consumer Electronics Show started in January, on January 6, 2019. And by nine in the morning, we had somewhere in the realm of 20 articles that were focused on that. And the show went live at nine. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the day, we lost count. Um, I ended up doing a press, uh, like a press day in an office that we rented and started early in the morning and left late in the evening. And I remember asking my publicist, Rach, can I just like, I just need to go to the bathroom. Can I have five minutes? And she's like, no, not yet. And it was literally because we had press filtering in and out, in and out, nonstop all day long. So the biggest outlets you could imagine to people you've never even heard of. Um, and, you know, I spoke to, I, I wrote an open, uh, 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 an op-ed for Washington Post. I was interviewed by, by the New York Times. I, um, you know, I sat down with some of the biggest podcasters and, and, uh, uh, and shows that you can imagine and became an overnight motivational speaker, oh my God. international motivational speaker. And I lost my mind. I, I, I like, I was so scared. Like the first big, uh, the first big, um, show that I got invited to was actually the Forbes women's summit and 30 under 30 celebration in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem over the span of a week. And they asked me to, to, to speak 
And I was just like, what? Are you <laughs> right. <laughs> and I remember just thinking like, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna, oh, what am I gonna do? And, and it's funny because I've done, I've done scores of these now. Like I've spoken at some of the biggest um, events and conferences in the world. And I've spoken all over the world. Um, and for, you know, things like South by Southwest, Tech Crunch, um, you know, events in all over New York, LA, Germany. Um, I've been everywhere. And uh, later, my next event is going to be in, in Lisbon, Portugal. And um, every time I get up on stage and, and people just, they go, how do you have so much confidence? And I'm like, I don't. I'm just dying inside but it's really important to get this message out and it's also really important that you know that I have just as much imposter syndrome as the next person um, I am just as scared to get up there I remember speaking I was I was the opening keynote for the women in tech uh conference in Stockholm Sweden and I walked on stage and I just kind of stopped in my tracks and stared because there were thousands of people all of their freaking cell phones trained on me. And I just remember going, oh, wow, <laughs> there's a lot of you in here, aren't there? And they just like laughed. But at the same time, like it was, you know, kind of just addressing the, the, the elephant in the room that no, I'm, I'm a normal human being. Yeah. yeah. I'm just as scared to get up on stage in front of thousands of people um, as the next person. Um, but we do it because we have to, exactly. because there's a bigger message. I love that. It, it really, really, really shows that the impact we make can help us heal our own stuff, can help us get through of some of that own fear or not enoughness. And that motivation of like, what's more important in this world, this message or my, my fear. And then wow. choosing the message. It's so inspiring. And I want to just honor you and take our listeners like back to that moment where that military guy was like, you can be a, a bitch or a slut. And I just think it's so powerful. Oh, that was a military girl. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Which makes, makes it almost worse. Well, that's I mean exactly speaking to what I, what I was going to say is like, you could have either internalized that message to the point where you just shut down completely mm -hmm. and stay small and step back. But instead you let yourself get mad and sad enough that you were like no like this is an injustice like feelings motivating education education motivating impact and it's so 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 powerful yeah so and, amazing but it is in in you know and I said I'd get to the point where like we talked about how it does change lives um and so like I said we've we launched um and we've we've done all these amazing things but it's the impact that I'm more excited about. Um, you know, I think, you know, you can have a business that is, of course, you're going to have profits. We're, we're a for-profit company, but what's just as important and we put on equal footing is our purpose, our mission. Um, and that is all about empowering all folks, all walks of life to explore their bodies and their sexuality with positivity and confidence. Mm -hmm. and because we know that that leads to bigger and greater things and we started we started sharing that message and lo and behold one of the biggest celebrities on the planet um was like I love what they're doing I want to be a part of that 
And she actually reached out to us um, right before we launched and, and said, I think that our brands are really well aligned and, and it's Cara Delevingne. And some people like, I think more of the younger generation knows who that is, but she's actually the top 43rd most followed person on the planet. And with, in the realm of like, I want to say 40 something million followers. Mm -hmm. um, she's an actress, activist, uh, supermodel, and just absolutely amazing human being. And when I went to meet her, I was actually really nervous because I was like, you never know. Some people are crazy. Some you hear a lot of crazy stuff about celebrities. So let's let's find out. And I met her and I just, I mean, it was pretty kismet the moment I met her. Like I just fell in love. She's an absolute darling, absolutely as authentic as as she seems like. Um and um for those of you who are still like who's Cara Delevingne, she's the one that is responsible for the eyebrow trend. Yeah, she is. That's what I was going to say. I'm like, if you don't yeah. already know her as like a powerhouse, she's yeah. queer as well, right? She's yeah, like yeah. She was uh, She was actually photographed and it was like all crazy in the headlines because she uh, got photographed walking across the street, bringing a sex bench into her house. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I saw a video of her doing a tour of her house and she had like a vagina tunnel. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I bet that, and that was, it was, she's such a riot. So like I got to meet her like via zoom at first because we were already in the pandemic and, um, we just hit it off really well. She, I actually sent her like some care packages. She was still, uh, uh, dating, um, uh, her ex at the time. And she had, uh, one of her, one of her best friends, um, Gerber, Kaya Gerber. Oh my God. That's terrible. Was there who's, uh, Cindy Crawford's daughter. Um, and, uh, and so we sent them care packages during the pandemic and I've get, I've got like all three of them, like running around the house. They're like trying to set up a phone in the kitchen so they can all listen because I'm, I need to talk them through the products. And I'm just like, we're laughing our asses off. And Cara's like, no, get, no, you can't put it in yet. No, come here, come here, come here. She said, you gotta, no, we gotta talk to her. Get that out of there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I walked them through each product and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Can we go try it now? And, yeah. um, <laughs> and and I was like, all right. And she's like, Carl's like, can I, put it, um, like, do you mind if I just text you when we're done and I'll tell you what I think? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. And, um, so we hang up on FaceTime and she sends me six minutes later. She just sends me sis, like all caps. Oh my God. Yeah. WTF. And like, I'm, I'm texting back. I'm like, Cara, it's only been six minutes. What did you do? And she calls me before I can send the text message. <laughs> and she's literally just like, she's laying on a lounge chair out by the pool at this place that she was renting in LA when she was waiting for her house to be finished. She's laying on, on this chair and I, like, uh, Ashley Benson's in the background. And, um, and all I can see is, oh my God. <laughs> Laura, three times. And I was like, Cara, it's been six minutes. And she's like, yes, but three times. Yeah. Three times. What's the little pink one? And I was like, oh now she's in the background. She's like, can we keep her? And um, it. it was hilarious. And she, yeah. um, 
so uh, we've been pretty close since. She's very busy and she's hard to get a hold of, but um, I just adore her. Like we, I, we exchange as much as we can. We set up um, regular meetings. So she's actually bought into the company. She's now an investor and she's a part owner. Um, and, you know, I remember we, I met with her in her home, uh, saw the ball pit, which is crazy and hilarious. And the, you know, the, the pole room and the game room. And she's a, just, I, she's so cute. Um, her house is like, like, it's like, what, what was it? Like Chuck E. Cheese for adults. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, I remember we sat down and we were going through all the products like in person and just like had such a like kismet like this was meant to be kind of energy and she's so I mean so well aligned with our mission and I remember asking her I was like Cara so people are going to want a Cara product like if we're going to partner and you're you know like you're you are you are now my partner like we're let's let's do this right they're going to want something that's really inspired by you they have something inspired by me yeah we got um but what do you want and and she like thanks for saying that she goes well, I mean, what do people need? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is why this is going to work. I love that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Your products are next level, like <laughs> nothing short of that car reaction. Very accurate. And I love them because I feel like I'm connecting with the whole intention and mission as well. It feels like the difference between watching like Pornhub versus like a super ethical queer feminist brand that you're like I want I want to support this and I don't have any of this weird shame guilt objectification energy seeping in I'm connecting with like queer empowerment and yeah I just I'm so grateful for you and what you've done for so many reasons like one I'm inspired as a queer person who also owns a business who is also for profit and cause-based yeah. And that alone, people think those can't go together and you're showing yes well, that's the next level though right so i don't think a lot of people understand like like the 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 community that we are trying to attract nowadays the young especially like the younger community like the the millennials and the gen z they're they do so much research on everything and you can have one product you can have literally two of the exact same products and one could even be a little bit more spendy than the other, mm-hmm. but one that has a purpose yeah, and is working towards something greater and has a mission and it's actually giving back in some way or another, that's the product you're going to buy. That was the other thing that I was going to talk about is that I've had hundreds of people, I mean, on it, like personally and thousands on like our customer service emails and whatnot have sent us messages that are like you've changed my life Mm. your product allowed me to figure out what I like um your coaches made me feel more empowered to try doing x and now I have better communication with my partner and they understand me better so early on what we did is we we understood that you know a product is as complex as Osei Mm-hmm. um that can literally conform to your literal physical or your 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 anatomy in a way that fits you mm-hmm. and can stay put needs a little bit of education yes 
And so we actually, we kicked off um, a coaching program pretty early on. And we realized we're the only company that does that. So you can actually go to lordacarlo.com and now we've, we've expanded it a little bit. You can go to lordacarlo.com. You can schedule an appointment with a product coach. Um, all of our folks that are front facing are also certified sex, sexual educators, myself included. Um, you can sign up and, and ask to speak and get a referral for, to a therapist or speak to one of our therapists. Um, and we're going to continue sp- expanding that out because people need education. So we've also expanded our content in an educational, edu- entertaining, and I, somebody said edutainment the other day. I was like, I'm okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, but what we're, what we're attempting to do, what we're going to do is we actually are going to continue to build out the brand in a way that's not just device oriented, but is a holistic approach to sexual health and wellness solutions. So not only are we doing devices Mm -hmm. and products that physically aid you in your sexuality, but we are also doing our coaching content, education. And eventually I'm thinking we're probably going to do content as in like erotic uh, audio, that kind of thing. So, um, and then on top of that, we are launching, and we've already started a couple a couple pieces in this line. We're launching an intimate wellness line. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything from like supplements to actually that actually help you focus more during the day and and feel more confident. And and I've tried these things. And, oh my god, they're so good. <laughs> and I'm not even supposed to really talk about them. But, oh my god, they're so good. Um, <laughs> to to sexual enhancers to uh, lubes and tinctures, all of, all of these things that, because what we realize is that people are starting to finally understand that sexual health and wellness is a part of your health and wellness, your overall health and wellness. And it needs to be a part of the entire system. And so we are going to offer from the very beginning of your journey until the very end, everything we possibly can under the sun that involves sexual health and wellness. Um, and all of its attributes. And so that is our goal. Um, And we have several different directions that we're taking the company in kind of a more horizontal direction instead of vertical. Um, And in order to do that, we have to to raise funding. So on top of that, Mm -hmm. uh, we actually just broke a million dollars in our crowdfunding raise. So we actually have a crowdfunding open right now, um, a, a regulation crowdfunding. So for equity, so it's not like, oh, you, you, you do get perks, but this is so that you can have equity or shares in the company. Right. And this is really important because Laura DiCarlo has been a great investment and has been wholly available to VC and celebrities. Um, but now we actually have the opportunity to democratize investing and allow people to participate in the sexual wellness industry family offices billionaires um have actually reached out to us because they don't they want to invest and they know it's a huge opportunity it's not going to go anywhere but there's not many ways to invest in sexual health and wellness and the fact is we all want better sex lives um the industry says so like i think it was in 2016 the industry was valued at about 23 billion Allied Market Research Group released a study in 2020 that valued the industry at $74.7 billion. 
nearly tripled in just a couple of years. And they're projecting it to be 108 billion by 2027. So this should be a part of a diversified portfolio. And the other thing um, that is important about that is that being able to be more financially literate about where your money's going and where you're investing allows you not only to be more literate and have more control about your own personal investments, but it allows you to put your money where you want to see industries diversified. Mm-hmm. And when I, t- when I say that, I mean, like, literally by founders, we complain all the time that there aren't enough women founders, women entrepreneurs, people of color, uh, people of Asian descent in these spaces that are leading these companies, people that are queer, that are leading these companies. And guess what Republic is doing? It's allowing you, it's giving, giving everyone the platform to put your money into those businesses. And the numbers don't lie. Uh, women fund or women-led companies generally have a much higher return per, like per business than, mm-hmm. male, than male. Sorry guys, like it's just, that's the literally, the, the numbers don't lie. So, um, I, I think it's it's a great way to support your local economy and support how we grow in a more equitable manner. Um, and so it's it's just the whole thing has been so it's been really inspiring because not only are we affecting how people approach their sex lives, but also um, and their identity and their um, exploration, but also encouraging people to um, take better control of their personal finances and become more financially literate uh, by not only looking at companies like mine, but other companies in different spaces um, that have huge potential. So that's it. Uh, Like if you look up Laura DiCarlo and Republic, um, we'll probably be closing that um, relatively soon and going on, but it's going to allow us to take the next step and scale to the next stage um, of growth for the company and, and mm-hmm. offer, offer more, uh, just more widely available products and, um, and have that more widely holistic approach to our consumer and to our community. I love it. It's so needed. I'm picturing an ad that's like, put our products into you and put your money into our products. <laughs> I, might to, I, might, I might have to tell my marketing director you said that. Okay, I want some. <laughs> um, I love that. Also, super manifesting that me and you and everyone listening has this continued experience of billionaires calling us and saying, "How can I invest in the work you're doing?" <laughs> um, well, you'd be surprised. Like when you do, when you just continue down that. Like, and when I say like I dealt with the imposter syndrome, the the lack of self worth, the I don't be, I don't belong here, I don't deserve this. What did I do to be here? I got here first. That's what happened. Yeah. And the fact is, is that every single day you make a decision, make that decision based on your values instead of your emotions, and you're gonna make the right decision. So um. So I mean, continue down, and it's gonna be scary. It, it this has been the scariest, hardest thing I've ever done. Also been the most rewarding. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love every second of it. And um, somebody once said to me that growth breaks things. And mm-hmm. I, would like an ad, I would like to add an amendment to that. Growth does break things, but it breaks things and you have the opportunity and it breaks you. And you have the opportunity to build something stronger, more productive, more beautiful in its stead. And that includes yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
take that opportunity because this is, this is hard. And it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you're just, you know, you're, you're doing your daily grind or you have like whatever your dreams are, make decisions based on your values, understand that things are going to get broken, mm-hmm. but you have an opportunity to take advantage of that, that breakage and turn it into more stable, stronger, more beautiful growth. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much. Really. I'm like, you, you are the central revolution. Like, <laughs> It's amazing. Um, you've given us so much today. I want to honor your time. I legit feel I could talk to you and would be honored to talk to you for like a week straight. Um, but this has been amazing. I'm really, 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 really grateful. Not just for this interview, but for your existence and everything you've done in the world. Like you're paving the path for so many of us. I thank you for giving, for giving me a platform. Um, I really appreciate that. And I'm super excited for like your, for your podcast and, and the direction it's going. So um, yeah. let us know how we can, um, we can shout out to you and um, thank you for having me. We thank just, you so much. I'm going to drop all the links in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to share around like ways people can connect with you? and your amazing company. I mean, we're just, we're, we're on Instagram. Mostly we're, we're, we're pretty much everywhere and our website. And then honestly, if you're thinking about, um, diversifying your investments, um, check out Republic, uh, Lorde Carlo at Republic. Yay. Okay. What's, what's, (laughs) what's one thing you're going to do today to take care of yourself? I think I kind of already did it because I went to, um, I've been trying really hard to do, more like in person, like reconnect with a lot of my friends because the business has pretty much ruled my life for the last four years. I'm trying to reconnect with my best like friends and create a, like a, a tight group of people. And I had breakfast with my girlfriend Katie this morning, and so just like putting some of my energy into that that feeds my soul for sure. Okay. And I already did yoga and worked out this morning. Got to do that every morning. Uh huh. <laughs> All the things. Again, thank you so much. This was amazing. Everyone, go journal about how inspired you are. <laughs> Follow Lord <laughs> everywhere. Get the products. Like, oh my gosh, next level. And check out the investment for sure. I'm gonna look into that too. So, thank you, thank you, love. my gosh loves how powerful was that conversation laura de carlo is next level if you're not already following her and her company make sure to do that check out the links in the show notes so that you can shop laura de carlo you definitely want to use my link below to get yourself these products that you deserve support this ethical inclusive empowering af company and use these products trust me they're gonna make you feel so amazing we all deserve to access pleasure no matter where we come from or who we are i also want to thank you so much for supporting this podcast and being a part of this movement we are anchoring such beautiful reclamation in our bodies and on this planet Please like, share, and leave a review for this podcast. Leaving a review can really help us to reach more people and continue to make these amazing waves. Get ready for some future episodes featuring amazing guests, amazing conversations to come, as well as solo episodes where I'll be sharing so much of my heart and these little pearls of wisdom that I've gathered along the way in my own journey with you all. Sending you so much love and I can't wait to share next week's episode with you.